Say something. Nope. Say something now. Nope. Wait. Say something now. Hello. Hello? Hi. Okay. That is your mic. You're good. You're good on my end. Good. I hope I'm good on everybody's (coughs) end. Woo! So, um, this is a Good Morning Comrade show with Aaron Robert. We tried to get Jeff in here because Jeff's in um, Virginia doing his his labor work, Um, but due to limitations, there are a lot of limitations, uh, self-imposed Limitations, not anything to do with WHIV, but um, we can't get him in, so we'll try to get him in next week. I gotta move my mic, so it's gonna sound ridiculous for a second. Okay, that's the thing about the station. There's no delay. It's either hot, you're hot or not. Yeah, like that's just how it works. Um, yeah. So last week we couldn't be live because I couldn't get into the station. Yeah. We don't have bumper music again because I'm ill prepared because I don't have what I need, like all the stuff's at home. I have a whole recording set up at home. That's why we don't have bumper music. But some of my favorite podcasts don't have bumper music. Um, Which ones? Uh, there's the one with the naughty word that's not around anymore. They broke up. Oh, yeah. All the comics. Yeah. They were they were notorious for being really well prepared for they that. Were just, they would just come in and their levels would just be insane. Yeah. They even joked. Um, I remember... Uh, What's his face? Stav even joked like the last episode should just be them lowering their levels lower and lower throughout <laughs> like the three hours until it just goes out. And it's like that'd be a good way to end the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I couldn't get in the studio last week because my key got demagnetized. We had a fight before because I am notoriously late for everything. I was not going to be late for the show. I just want to maintain that. Robert did think I was going to be late, and we had a tiff about it. Well, we, almost, we couldn't even do the show. We almost did the same thing this morning. You were like, why are you yelling at me to wake up? I'm like, nobody's yelling. He was yelling. No, you were yelling, and then you wake up like every time you wake up, it's like you're having some kind of a nightmare. You're like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> So it's like, how am I supposed to wake you up? Like, I can't wake you up any other way. Yeah, like, no, but I, I wake up swinging. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate waking up. <laughs> I don't know if that's the dog. But for or... you people, I'm here. Fine. I made it. I'm, I'm doing great. My goodness. I feel bad about this bumper music, though. I paid for this bumper music for so I could use it everywhere. I paid for the license and can't even get it on our live radio show. Um but yeah, this is our, our weekly pod. I feel like we're kind of starting over without Jeff. And I feel like... Bye, Jeff. Bye. I feel like we just like, yeah, just reintroduce everybody. This is our weekly politics show where we talk about how to end all wars and how... Uh, we do not talk about how to end communism all wars. I have no win. ideas on how to end all wars. I know. I just like read not- that off the wall. That's our mantra here at WHIV. I end, want all wars all to end, wars. but I don't know how to do it. That's for, you know how. You haven't for figured brighter that out minds yet. than mine. They didn't teach you that in Tulane Social Work School. You're supposed to be a master, a master of social work. Do they, do they handle that in the doctoral program? Or doctoral um, program probably. Or probably. End all wars. Yeah. That's going to be Tulane. Tulane is notorious for... Their progressive values. Just make that your so. math. When you go for your doctorate, you just make that your thesis. Oh, Lord, I'm not going for my doctorate. What? No. You're done with that now? No, I'm, I'm not done with school. For those of you who don't know, I am a social worker. Um, and I'm thinking of going back to school to be a sex therapist. Um, been thinking of that for a while. Very 
I think I'd be good at it, but yeah. that's not my doctorate. Just let her think that. She's going to go do social work on a native reservation. That's, um, that's the plan. Oh my God. You should probably say why <laughs> that's the plan. Oh, because you want to have an animal sanctuary. Oh, yeah. And that's a good way to do it. That, that is not enough context. Robert um, met with a, um, an individual via his, his job this week who is from a reservation out in the Midwest um, to, you know, talk shop I don't know yeah he wanted to stop by because he was just he was here for you know he was just in New Orleans you know, a little casual visit to New Orleans to talk about the uh, rape and sex trafficking and murder of indigenous women at a conference that you they know, had just so a little casual casual convo when it you know you're gonna just tells the story just drops about his um, unfortunate daughter being uh, raped and murdered um, that's why he gives these talks and um, I I know I'm like I'm joking about the casualness of it, but like, I guess the way like he, he tells the story. So his brain doesn't fracture. Like he tells it that casually. Well, yeah. And you're just like, dang. Oh yeah. That's, it's rough. Trauma, trauma really does a lot. But so Robert has decided that, um, he is going to move out there to be tribal police. And then I will yeah, be a social worker on the reservation. Neither of us have any sort of tribal affiliation. That's okay. Um, no apparently worries. that's not needed. No. I'll just do my current job. I'll just be public relations. Yeah. And for the for the people out there. And well, I guess I, I will be a stand-in for the state as a social worker. It's going to be a Minnesota too. So you ready for those Minnesota winners? Oh, Lord, no. It's going to be great. We're going to get a Husky. We're going to make a, a igloo for the Husky. That's where he'll live oh, outdoors. I really like a Husky, actually. See? All right, you're making See, it's it working okay. on you. Fine. All right. Bye, everybody. It's, it's, we're moving to We're Minnesota. going to Arizona. I mean, yeah, we're in Arizona. We're going to Minnesota. This guy was like, you know, he's a cool guy. Like, I hope to visit him again. I hope to go to their powwow this summer or whatever. But um, he had, like, the thickest, like, straight out of central casting, Fargo. Like, Fargo. Yeah, he had, like, a Minnesota <laughs> accent. I love Minnesota It was accent. so wild. He sounded like Bobby Generic's mom from Bobby's oh, World. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't you know? Bobby. Straight out of Prairie Home Companion, but yeah, but uh, also tragic and terrible. It's, it's, it, yeah, it was a really like, it's a bunch of people. It was, it was amazing. We talked about the, his reservation and then we talked about New Orleans and like how similar, like community, uh, you know, everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I'm sorry, I was like rarely away from the mic. Let me get closer. Uh, everybody knows each other. Like it's a small community. Um, and they just have a lot of the same issues and trials that we have here in the small big city of NOLA. Oh, I wonder if poverty has anything to do with it. A lot, or capitalism. Capitalism More like poverty. capitalism and stolen Systemic land. disenfranchisement. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, when you try to rip away people's culture and um, yeah. just make them act like they, you know, just take their culture away like they don't exist, you might have issues. Well, it's just, honestly, like we talked about that at work, it's like the this, this stuff that's hitting... You know, everybody's like, let's take New Orleans, for example. You know, crime in New Orleans is so bad. Drug, in New Orleans, drug use in New Orleans is so bad. Um, homelessness is so bad. Yeah, like, New Orleans is feeling it before a lot of other places. But, like, these um, indigenous, like, populations have been feeling it for decades and nobody cared. Yeah. But now it's it's hitting all of us, you know, all, all the all the things that, you know, capitalism and, and you know, um, 
I was trying to be cute. Pax Americana, the American Empire, has you know all the suffering it's brought to its subjects is now coming to bear. And I on feel, all of us. So something I think about with a lot of shame from high school is I had one teacher, and I can't remember her name. She was a white woman. I don't know if she was tribal affiliated or not, um, but she was so, she tried so hard to get all of us extremely privileged AP level white kids in this literature class to understand the plight or how terrible the United States has been to natives in this right. country. We had half the books we had to read were um, had something to do with Native Americans. Um, I remember she she talked about Leonard Peltier so much, like so much. And um, Leonard Pen- Peltier, for those who don't know, is um, currently in jail for um, or I don't even know who that is. It's not even familiar. Leonard Peltier is. Um, I feel like I let me <laughs> let me look it up so do I'm not it. telling you the wrong, the wrong information. Well, I'll tell you why you do that. I tell you that everything you you have more you have more knowledge than I do because everything I know about you know indigenous communities is from I saw the movie Smoke Signals as a kid. Um, I am on native TikTok, so that's nice, and then also Yellowstone, which apparently the um the guy I met. The guy who works, um, the, the guy from Minnesota, he says that Yellowstone is like the best show of all time. Like he he was like, I was like, do you like this? And he was like, um, yes, it's amazing. Because he's like, he said that the advisors that they have on it, it's like the episode about, you know, indigenous women being, you know, being kidnapped and, and raped and murdered from tribal land is like complete. He's like, that's exactly how it happens. And I'm like, What? I'm like, that. this seems exaggerated. Like, this seems insane. And he's like, nope, that's that's what happens. Yeah. And I'm like, that's like really, crazy. really awful. Um, yeah, and that's, it's, I mean, not interesting, but it's, you know, it's something, because it's not just a U.S. problem. It's not just reservations in the United States. It's also reservations in Canada. Yeah. So they have a huge problem with that, which is, you know, I think just indicative of how terrible colonialization was for for this entire continent just really awful but yeah i did okay i was correct i was going to give you all correct information um so leonard peltier he can be considered a um or is not can be considered is a political prisoner he was um part of the american indian movement um and he was kind of a native american activist and there was um they had a run-in with the fbi he was um accused of shooting an fbi agent um you know, it's very controversial because it he probably didn't shoot the FBI agent. Mm. Um, it was a very, very like biased trial, and he's been in prison for the last forty five years. And um, I, I want to say in the nineties, a lot of celebrities were like really, really, like, I've never really heard on of this. the Damn. really on the Leonard Peltier train. Um, but I have not heard his name said in quite a long time. But except for that teacher, and we all just thought she was so weird for caring so much. And now my little bleeding heart self. <laughs> As a 35-year-old, I'm like, oh, damn, I would be the exact same way, and, and all those kids would have made fun of me in the exact same way. But, like, good for her. She was, like, living her truth. And this was in the early 2000s when no one was woke. Would so, they have made fun of her now, though? I wonder how kids They wouldn't. They wouldn't. Everyone would yeah. be, yeah. Because, like, we, things just, it was, like, the, it was the type of next bus. It was not a good time mm-hmm. in the world, you know? But, yeah. We are in, I mean, I know that. We're talking about stuff that's really dark right now, and we're talking about stuff... Like, normally, we're talking about things that are just, like, serious issues and problems in the world. But we do have to, like, sometimes 
take a step back and just realize we do live in the best moment in human history. Like as bad as it is on a, on a micro level, if you like, it's pretty bad on a macro level too, but no, no, it's not as bad, but it's not great. No, we really do live. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give, give people some kind of hope. Like our team is definitely winning like team justice, team, um, social justice, you know, all us, all us social justice warriors out there. Like we're definitely winning. Like, this is the last, like, people are going to suffer. People are going to die as as capitalism caves in on itself. And it's not going to be in our lifetime, but we're definitely, like, set the foundation. We're, we're, we're winning. I, and, yeah, and I that's think why, Gen Z is going to do it. Yeah, that's why you're hearing, that's why there's so much pushback against things that are, have, I mean, you think about the things in American culture that have been normal. I don't mean to jump all over the place, but the things in American culture that have been normalized for, since we were children, mm -hmm. you know, we're middle aged now. And like drag shows, like all of a sudden there's this like thing about, oh, the drag shows are grooming kids. What? Like drag shows have been around forever, but now reactionaries are bringing this stuff up because they're losing. Yeah. They're grasping at straws. They're 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 an old, worn out tiger with a broken tooth, you know, in a in a cage, and they're just like swatting at anything. They're 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 a better a better analogy is they're drowning in the middle of the ocean, and everything looks like land, and they're just trying to greet. They're trying to reach out for something, and they're losing. So I have been, so I have gotten. Um, I'm not fully off Twitter, but I. I decided to take a step back because it was kind of ruining my life. Just, I was just really mad all the time about everything. Um, and I don't know why, but I've decided to substitute going onto the Nextdoor app instead. That's a good and one. just like, just being very aggressively challenging to all of the, the old white people. I got to get you on my Ring neighborhood too. Ring has who, um, that smoke. have deeply strong feelings about how Zulu parks during... Um, their events, which for those of you not in New Orleans, um, we live and Oshawa Station is is very close to um, the Zulu headquarters, which is a, a big, very influential black social crew um, here in the city. And um, when they have parties, they tend to park on the neutral grounds, the median for those not not made <laughs> a general area, um, which is technically illegal, but you can get permits to park there. So we don't know if they have par permits or not. Like we don't know. We don't know the inner workings, but it's also quite likely because they are so influential that the city probably just turns a blind eye. Out of all the things going on, I don't really blame them. I don't. I, I don't I just care. Don't one care. Way or the other. I just don't care. But anyway, people in next door care so deeply, so very deeply, um, and I just—it's just funny to me to make them mad. Um, yeah, and then you know that that sent me down a rabbit hole going down these other next door posts and some man was mad because his a thousand dollar pressure washer got caught got stolen and the police came and they had video footage and they knew who did it and they just never prosecuted so i responded to him that it cost twenty five thousand dollars to bring a case fully to trial and so it's just not a good use of public funds to prosecute him for his thousand dollar loss and you would have thought i uh you would have thought it. He, he called me a bad person who doesn't care about anybody else, who is obviously not from here and who is just really happy to see people suffer. That's exactly That's it. me. That's I'm me. I'm happy to see people I am not suffer. from here. So he, he was correct on that. He was also not from here. And he did, this person did say median instead of neutral ground. I am happy to see that guy suffer. I'm not. 
happy, but I, I don't, don't care. There's a thing. There's and an I'm order like, of operations. I'm just neutral about it. Um, to where I don't care. Like that sucks because that is a lot of money, and I would be very upset if something of mine sure. was a thousand dollars. But so, you know, I do try to walk the walk when it comes to my belief on abolition and. So, again, for those of you who haven't listened, I am I'm a abolitionist. I do not believe that our current um, prison system or court system or just really anything about the judicial system is something that functions. Um, but it's so funny to me that, you know, these people, these reactionaries, it's like they have so much problem with their... Because, like, you know, I'll go in, I'll go into any conversation there because I'm generally, like, a not confrontational person. And I also do believe in everybody can grow and learn. I was a... I was a, uh, I was going to say a, a bad word, an S-lib. Oh, yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> uh, when I was in high school. And Lib is I, a bad word. Sorry. I, was, I started the Young Democrats at my high school. I've, I volunteered for John Kerry's campaign. Like, you know, I, I have grown as a person, so I'm willing to give other people that, that space and time. Um, but they get so angry when you suggest that, okay, well, we should probably be putting more money into to social or let's not even say social programs. We should be putting money into replacing the lead pipes and paint in this city. We are all basically just mainlining lead into our bloodstream and it costs money and people get so mad at you when you suggest using public money for stuff like that. But then they expect the world to just bend over backwards when they personally have been inconvenienced because it's, it's as if they don't think that the court system costs money and yeah, likely, okay. A, a, case like that of someone stealing a thousand dollar pressure washer it's not a misdemeanor anymore because the the amount that the pressure washer is makes it a felony so theoretically that person would be arrested if they can't make bail then the the city is now on the hook for paying for their room and board in jail Mm -hmm. then you have to pay you know judges make salaries all the court staff make salaries there's like three appearance hearings before they decide whether they can accept the charges or not. Then once they've accepted the charges, then if the person can't pay, they have to pay a public defender. Then, you know, they have to, there's just so much money that goes into a court case that I think people don't understand. And it's like always these people who are so anti-public money being used for anything that could possibly benefit someone who isn't them, but they are more than more than happy to have the money go towards locking up an individual which won't do anything to help anybody else in the in the long run because like that person's not going to get a long-term sentence for stealing something that was only a thousand dollars and they're going to be out and uh both robert and i have worked at the jail and can tell you that it is not a rehabilitative environment nope it sucks uh more yeah almost i'm waiting for you to finish we're good oh yeah so and i think you know i think i know that robert just had a pretty significant experience with the the court system recently that has been weighing on him. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is, well, before we get, get into more of that, you're listening to uh, 102.3 WHIV New Orleans End All Wars. Um, no, so what I'm hearing you say is you, I'm going to use your therapist language. What <laughs> I'm hearing you say is that you want to do the multi-generational heavy lift of creating a society to where somebody doesn't feel incentivized to steal a thousand dollar pressure washer. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that people don't want to do. Like we were just having that, we were having that talk at work, um, the other day, um, 
about, you know, gun violence because, you know, it's, it's America. There's mass shooting every day. And they were like, well, it's mental health. And I go, so did you vote for Bernie once or twice since you're so concerned about people's health care? Mm. Oh, you didn't. Oh, okay. So you do really don't care about this because I'm not saying like Bernie Sanders was the end all be all. Obviously, he wasn't um, just like a social democrat. But I mean, like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about things like mental health or like like if we're not going to create the society where people can get mental health. Like that's yeah. not an excuse. And also, like people say that, and then again, they are so anti funding these social services. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, so I make. I've never made more than thirty dollars. I never made even even up to $30 in my career. So I'm saying for, let's say I've averaged about $25 an hour. So for mm-hmm. $25 an hour, I am supposed to fix the um, rampant crime in this city is what you're saying. Yeah, you're supposed to take out all the trauma. I'm supposed to be the one to fix it. And which is like a wild, a wild thing to think. But yeah, like, okay, so a, a couple months ago, um, we had a porch pirate. Yep. Um, and we have a ring. And so... I, my package got stolen. I was like, oh, man, that's... Let me tell you, New Orleans, they don't care nothing about that ring. They really They'll don't. They'll wave at it. They, will, they really will. But so, yeah. They'll so I was like, oh, well, no it. big deal. Reordered my stuff. It comes. The same person stole my reordered package. And I, I'm not going to lie and say I did not have a breakdown over it because it felt like the universe was just, like, mad at me for some reason. Um, it was it was the, the camel that broke... The, the straw that broke the camel's back in a long time of like bad things but um guess who i didn't call mm-hmm. the new orleans police department because number one they would laugh in my face because like yeah they would send an officer out like four days later which you know they're very understaffed and secondly what am i gonna i'm, I'm gonna send someone to jail for my american eagle bikini bottoms like that i didn't actually need right no no i will not no i will not so we ended up, yeah, we ended up having like a neighborly talk and it was like a whole extenuating, extenuating circumstances and um, it doesn't, it didn't happen again. I actually sadly got the, I saw that guy get arrested. Uh, I saw the cops chase him down our block Yeah. and I was like, whoa, well, not, not for, we not for us. Calling. We didn't call him. And I'm assuming it's for something else. Cause like there's zero chance that New Orleans police officers were going to chase somebody if I don't know this guy looked like he looked very and I hate to be stereotypical but he looked very like new like, oh no you know what I mean yeah. like he was gung-ho to like make a collar oh, like so who knows I don't know but he he because that guy went into somebody's backyard and that cop went into that backyard and like five minutes later he like emerged with that dude in handcuffs oh, damn. Well, I was like dang he's back <laughs> yeah so, so it must not have been that crazy yeah but, um, yeah, so over the past couple weeks, what Aaron alluded to was I had, I was on the um, trial. I was a juror on the trial of Kendall Barnes and Derek Groves, who are, I guess we can say, like, I feel like I'm. Are you, even allowed, are you allowed to talk about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can talk about it. I, I'm just going to ruin. I wish we had broad reach so I could just ruin everybody in New Orleans and, like, nobody could could be a juror on this trial again because like spoiler alert it was another mistrial um and they'd have to like go out well maybe that that'd probably be the worst thing for them actually but um my point is like i'm trying to figure out how to tell this story but i guess i'll just i guess i'll just start and tell it um so 
they're already convicted of these murders, and I assume they were already in Angola. I'm not 100% positive on that, but I didn't know that till after um, we all got kicked off the jury, um, after there was a mistrial. Yeah, their, their first trial was... Um, it happened. It was a non-unanimous jury. Yeah. Um, and it was a non-unanimous jury that that found them guilty. Mm-hmm. So they were in the appeals process when um, the the state voted to get rid of non-unanimous juries. So because they were in the appeals process, it basically just kicked it back down to the regular. Um, oh, it doesn't activate level. that for everybody. No, I didn't know that. No. Oh wow. I don't. I don't. At least I, I don't think that other ever. Really? I think I it's like know, moving okay. forward. I think every other one All was right. grandfathered in. Yikes. It is a yikes. Ex post facto law. I know I'm saying that wrong, but I just remember that being a funny thing to say in um, high school social studies. I was like, ex post facto. It's like when there's, when there's a law, uh, you can't be convicted. When there's, a, when there's a new law, you can't be convicted of it from past stuff you did yeah. or whatever. But yeah, so anyway, the point is, um, so people who live here in New Orleans, uh, in 2018, there was a mass shooting uh, in the Lower Ninth Ward. Uh, you know, when you cross the canal, you're on St. Claude and you cross the canal and you go, I don't know, maybe another mile down the road on St. Claude and there is an abandoned cleaners and abandoned gas station. Well, Kendall Barnes and Derrick Rose were convicted of, you know, the state says that they they walked up to this party on Mardi Gras. It was a huge party. They walked up to a party on Mardi Gras Day, and they they were trying to kill this one dude and ended up spraying the whole crowd, and, like, two people got killed or something. And the guy they were shooting at was busting back at them with his AK-47, and they had AK-47s, and then somebody was shooting a forty-five, and then somebody was shooting a 9 mil, and... Is just a, a huge mess, and they were convicted 10-2. Um, and so, like Aaron said, they, uh, we got rid of the garbage, our garbage juries, and then went to unanimous juries like a civilized society. And so it got kicked back, and now they, they have a retrial. I don't know any of this going into the trial, obviously, because I don't, I don't know them. I don't know of this. That's why I was, like, a perfect juror. So anyway, so here's the deal with this trial. Um, Jason Williams, our DA here, prosecuted it himself. Our progressive DA. Our progressive DA. And I was like, okay, well, this must be serious. Like, whatever. Let's let's do it. Um, they brought a case before us where, in short, the state didn't have a murder weapon. Like I mentioned, all those guns that that were shot off. The only gun they recovered was the gun from the guy who got shot at, um, who the AK-47, he shot back at them. But there's over 100 shell casings on site. So, like, a lot of rounds got squoes off. Um, but I understand they don't have the murder weapons. I get, I, they don't have the, the, two, the two guns. Um, they don't have any other guns except for that one, guys. I get that, right? You know, you throw them in the canal, you do whatever, you get somebody to hold them, like, whatever. But so I understand that, but still, that's a big deal. Don't have that. The only eyewitnesses they have that can confirm that they were there were the guy who got shot, who was already serving time for a drug a drug case, 
And then by testifying for, you know, state, becoming state's witness, they become, um, they get their sentence lowered. I don't care about that. The, the whole like, oh, you're turning state snitch witness. Like, whatever. That's fine. I don't, that's, that's just how it works. That doesn't mean he's not telling the truth. So we got, again, we got no murder weapon. We got state snitch. And then no other physical evidence, right? Now the defense is going to produce a, they produce a picture of the two defendants, the convict, the, you know, the convicts, really, they've already been convicted. The two defendants um, on Mardi Gras day, an hour before the killing on Bourbon Street. Now you can totally make it from Bourbon Street to the lower ninth in way less than an hour. The problem with that is, though, where did they park on Mardi Gras night? Yeah. Because to get from Burt, to walk from Bourbon Street to wherever they were going to park, and they would have to have, they would already have to have their guns in the car. And then to drive to the lower, now that's a stretch. And then you've got NOPD detectives saying, well, they, that picture could be faked because they could have, you know, they, they could have posted to an Instagram story and had it released later. And my first thought is, well, you're the detective. You have the metadata of the, like, where did the picture come from? Because the picture itself has metadata. So why, why are we talking about this Instagram picture? You should be able to find where the, what phone the picture came from. Mm -hmm. So right there, like, when you have no physical evidence... You've got a snitch eyewitness. You've got the defense, like, with probable um, reasonable doubt of, like, they might not have been able to make it. And then you've got state's witness of a NOPD detective saying what the defendants could have done, possibly. Like, no. Like, we're in trouble. Yeah. Like, when you combine all that together, that's not guilty. That's your, those guys are supposed to be walking down two-lane That's two what we call a reasonable. That's a doubt. reasonable doubt. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there were a lot of reasonable doubts. And so I'm sitting here in the jury just getting madder and madder as days go by because I'm sitting here having to look at pictures of dead bodies and pictures of bodies just torn apart by, um, by 762 rounds that come out, you know, assault rifle rounds. And I'm just like, why am why is this case going forward? Why am I looking at this case? Whatever. So the first thing that happens is, oh, it's a uh, 30 after. I'm going to go ahead before we get into chapter two here. I'm do a promo. We're going to do a PSA. Um, experts agree that Having a family emergency plan and emergency kit are the best ways to be prepared for severe weather. Preparing an emergency plan for your family is not complicated. If your family is separated when disaster strikes, having a plan in advance will help you to get to know how to contact one another and get back together after the storm passes. Emergency supplies and first aid kit are easy to assemble and smart ways you can prepare for severe weather. Another community service reminder from your friends at 102.3. FM, WHIV, New Orleans. Um, so, like I said, I've been getting madder and madder, and I'm like, what is going on here? Why, why is this even... And why is this even in front of me, in front of all, all 12 of us? And we're not supposed to talk about the case, but you put 12 strangers in a room, like, what else are we going to talk about? And so my, I'm already in my head of, I'm thinking, you know, I, if I have to sit here and, and fight and hang this jury, I will. But there's at least four other people, including myself, 
who are just like, this is terrible. Like, unless, unless they, the state shows us something, like, these, there's no way we're convicting these guys. Yeah, because you have to weigh, like, the conviction is you're sending them to Angola for Angola. life. Angola. Hard labor. Yeah, forever. no parole. So... Yeah, so I don't know if y'all have been to Angola, whether for the rodeo or what, but it is not a good spot to be. So, I mean, we were even, and the ones who were like already, like myself, who were hard on like the not guilty side, we were sitting there just like, we don't even think they didn't do it. We're just like, this case is awful. I don't understand why it's in front of us. Well, they have a FBI agent that they bring in from uh, Mississippi that used to work here um, at the field office over by, um, by Suno mm-hmm. in the East. And they start talking about the stuff that, you know, and they're like, Oh, we've had them under surveillance for X, Y, Z for like years now. Well, as soon as she says that, that activates mistrial because you can't talk about, you know, other crimes that they could have, or maybe haven't yeah, committed. It's, it's prejudicial. Right. So they send us home Friday night, stop the trial, full stop, do not, you know, pass go, cannot collect $200. They send us home Friday night. They're like, we'll call you. They call us Saturday being like, you got to come in. So, so what happened was, and I did, still don't know any of this, but I know after the fact, is that mistrial went up to the Louisiana Supreme Court. Louisiana Supreme Court kicked it back and said, nah, y'all can try this, try this case. So we're doing the case Saturday and then it comes out that one of the jurors has read news articles about the case. And so now mistrial sticks and trial over. So only after that do I find out when I'm so angry now, like, why am I here? I'm here on a Saturday. I'm traumatized by this thing. What, you know, this is awful. For, why is this case in front of me? This is awful for, you know, the defendants. This is awful for the family of the victims. Well, I find out about the non-unanimous juries. So now you've got RDA, you know, Jason Williams is stuck having to try. He's, he's stuck trying to having to try a trial, try a case that he didn't even bring forward. He's not stuck. He could have chosen to not retry it. That's but his, can you, though? You That's can. the thing. That's but a, you can't. You can't. Not as an elected. Not, no. Like, there's no way. Like, you can't just let those guys walk down two lanes. Like, you can't. Like, would that be the thing to do? To Would that be the 100%? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. He totally has the power to do that. Yeah. And do you just say, we don't have enough evidence in this case, you know? Well, and then they go down to lane. Well, the first thing somebody's going to say is they had enough evidence back then when they got a conviction. With a non-unanimous jury. Right, but they still got a conviction. And then you can't just you can't just let them stroll. Well, so instead, so now you've got they to try to case. Strolling and no, they're not strolling. Oh, yeah, the they're in they're in OJC no, right so now, really awaiting good. another trial. Which, from our time working at OJC, the amount of people oh, yeah. who were incarcerated there while still awaiting trial, so technically not having been convicted, was wild. There was someone who was in there for nine years, Absolutely. without yeah, a conviction, crazy. which is. If this was any other country, we'd be like, there'd be like a very worried. They would call it a gulag. Order. They would call OJC yeah. a gulag. Yeah. Just you can go in there. The not- conditions are less, less than optimal here at OJC. Yeah. You can go in there and not even be booked. Yeah. And just get lost. So that in happened there. to a friend of mine. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm not going up. 
not going up to the to the tier to the tier because like once you're up there you're just lost yep yeah so one thing we we talked about is because i was actually a little surprised at how hard you took everything just really? because i mean if i had to see, sit on a trial and see dead bodies i would be a nightmare mess i cannot i can't even watch violence on tv it's, it's i'm super super sensitive to that um but you grew up with live leak you've seen people have the heads beheaded. cut off yeah and so and when i say affected i mean i felt i was actually i had a planned trip to visit my mom over the weekend so i was gone for a little bit of this and um you know talking to you on the phone was just you know you were really affected and i it's you know in a way that you're not very frequently and so i'm curious as to if you thought about that about because you went in kind of not thinking it, this was going to be that big of a deal for you. No. And I mean, not to like put your business out there, but you got back in therapy afterwards. Yeah, um, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think I'd be picked for one, but when I objectively like take a step back, I am, I'm kind of the perfect drawer. Yeah. Like I can separate. And that's that. I think what you're going to ask me, what I'm going to talk about, I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead. No, no, please. No, because I was going to say, I think that's why it's hitting me hard because I am kind of the perfect drawer. Mm -hmm. Um, the idea of I can separate the thought of I don't think a lot of people can do this. Not that I can like pat myself on the back or whatever, but I think my past of, you know, I was it was a combination of things. My past of like I was in the Marine Corps and I did I, you know, I was like a paralegal in the Marine Corps. And then also like I was a, a sheriff's deputy for, you know, New Orleans. So I know a lot about the legal system and I can kind of like separate things in my head. So I think the idea that I could separate, I think these guys did this, but I cannot send them away for the rest of their life from what the, what the state's given me. I, that is what you're supposed to do. I don't think many people can do that. Yeah. Um, I don't think many people can do that. And it's the idea that I'm going to let, I'm, I'm going to sit here and fight and give up my time and get emotional and argue for people that I think are cold blooded murderers to go back on the street. It really kind of messes with you. And this is, I think a huge part of, you know, I think there's a lot of, I don't want to say like, cosplay leftists but there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who maybe haven't had a lot of life experiences and haven't had to really um you know challenge their beliefs so yeah it know, does feel like my convictions slammed head head first into reality yeah and they got tested yeah and i passed yeah but did. yeah but it's still, it's still it messes with you. With you. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've been an abolitionist for a really long time. And I um, remember, and I went into working at the jail with the belief that I don't think this jail should exist. Mm -hmm. I just, like, don't think it's... And I had my beliefs challenged in there. Because, you know, the vast majority of the people I met, I was like, yeah, you shouldn't be in jail. There's, like, way better options. There was a few people... There was, like, four people in the time I worked there that I was like, oh we have to do something with you. Yeah. You can't, you can't just be out. And that's like, you know, that actually did keep me up at night. Cause I was like, this is really, I don't believe in incarceration. I don't believe that we should be like locking human beings up. But I also was like, Oh, you can't be my neighbor. <laughs> Cause you, yeah. like you would, there was a few people that I was like, just even in our interactions within the jail, 
that I was, I had a hundred percent certainty that if there was not a very solid door between us, that Mm -hmm. that person would hurt me and wanted to hurt me. That is the joke I always tell. Like when we go to your friend, we're like, oh yeah, you still like work in the jail? Like, how was that? Like, blah, blah. And I like, I'm barely joking. Like it's a joke. It's it's hyperbolic, but I'm barely joking. Cause my, my thing is I say, okay, half the people in there are in there on dumb stuff and they need to, they need to leave tonight. Mm-hmm. We're letting like if I was if I was emperor of New Orleans, like we're letting half of y'all out tonight because you're in here for stupid stuff. I said, now forty percent of y'all, I say, and then forty five percent of y'all uh, have done something really bad, but you're not bad people. You just need a timeout from society. And, and I, like we need something that's actually really rehabilitative. Absolutely, yeah. And then I would, and then I would say five percent of y'all summary execution tonight. We're just going cell to cell and we're just shooting it up because I'm, I'm barely joking because like what Aaron's saying is like, yeah, there's some people there's like, there's nothing can be done with you. And it's, it's really hard. And it's, you know, I'm saying this without judgment. Like I could never do, if I was, if I had that power to do that, I wouldn't do it. Like I can't, I can't, like if I could hold, if I got offered the infinity gauntlet, I would turn it away. Like I can't, I I wouldn't wear it. But you see the logic of what I'm saying. Yeah. It, and it's just, it really does test your beliefs. And it's, you know, can you still, when you're kind of faced with that, like, oh, this, per, I think with you with this trial is knowing that, like, okay, like, by letting these people walk, quote unquote, you know, it, it's, am I then complicit if somebody else gets hurt? And I exactly. think, and that's, I think, and I think that's what's so insidious about our judicial system is that it does, and I understand this is like how the founding fathers intended it, which, okay, like they owned people. So let's not, not the be all end all, but it's, it's placing the responsibility of another human being's life on 12 innocent people who don't know the person and who, so, and cause you were saying that, you know, everybody was trying so hard to get out of being in the jury, Everybody, but once they were on the jury, they, you were really heartened because they, everybody took it so seriously. <sighs> New Orleans has the best people. Yeah. Like I was terrified by the people who were like, who were in the jury pool. But then actually when the jury got picked, I was just like, there were just 12 of the most diverse, like representations of our city. Yeah. And there was it just, I, I feel like a lot of people, cause I mean, I don't know how else to say it. There were a lot of like liberal or just kind of well-to-do, you know, white people who were just like, oh, I'm a, I'm a tax attorney or like stuff like that. Or I, I, you know, I'm a, uh, I can't think of it, a, a, a therapist or whatever. And, you know, and so one of the things that about the trial was, um, we had a woman like salt of the earth, you know, uh, black lady, I can see her in my head right now. Um, she's a, she's a janitor. And she, you know, she was missing out on time. She's missing out on work, work and like yeah. it was awful. I felt so bad for her. But she had such insight. Like that woke these people up. It was just little things like so they they pinged um the defendant's cell phone as being near the scene um around the time of the murder like after the murders. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Why? Well, why is that then? They were obviously in the area. They could have done this." And they said, the defense were like, well, we heard somebody, you know, our people text us or whatever and said like, oh, you know, so-and-so got shot and we went down there to see what happened. And people on the jury were like, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. They're lying. And the, the janitor lady was like, 
girl, I would do that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? She's like, I would go right down there. Yeah. And I'm like, and they were like, what? And they're like, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. I, I mean, like, and yeah. not even being a local here, there's been a couple times when we've had shootings on like somewhere near our block. And tell me why. It's like once, let's say like three minutes have gone by, there's no more shootings. We're all out at our front door. Yep. What's what's going on? What's happening? I'm like, hell yeah, you would go see it. Yep. Like, yeah. And yeah, so it's just, it's this system where we're, we're, you can go in with these convictions, which is what you went in there with, but then you also, then you're now faced with the victims and you're faced with, Hey, like we're going to show you the violent photos of this, like what could happen again if these people are let out because, and it's just, it's such a, it's, it's, it's another way that we're, we're kind of fracturing kind of the working classes and and the non-elites because like oh quote unquote they say oh it's a jury of your peers you know whoever can get on but like who really who, who really gets on a jury yeah. like like is elon musk gonna serve on a jury right no jeff bezos no he's gonna find a way to get out of it it's not it's never gonna be the people like the elites who are gonna be serving on these juries and so it's you're essentially asking people to to be the judge and jury of you know, their neighbors and mm-hmm. without an under- understanding of the law and without, you know, knowing all this stuff, it's like, you know, you, we've all watched those crime shows. It's like, how many times have they had to like sidebar with the judge and some like wild piece of exculpatory that's evidence. That's exactly was, that's exactly ha- this like, trial. Is brought up. It's like but every like, five minutes. Because there was like a procedural issue, they can't introduce it. And so like you're having, asking 12 people to sit and decide the fate of the, this other person without having all of the information. And it's just like, it's, it's honestly so wild to me. And the fact that it's so normalized mm-hmm. is like, I feel like I'm losing it every time I think about it because I'm just like, how is this a better, like everyone's like, Oh, well like the just try like the justice has prevailed and all of that. And it's like, what, how mm. is that justice? Like now you just have 12 people who probably have like trauma now yeah. because of, of what they've heard and having to live with the fact that either they let quote unquote, let someone walk or, you know, put them in Angola, which is, I wouldn't really want the that. way I justify it is the way I in my head. And I even said this in Vaudor, uh, like when they're asking you the jury, they're like, well, how do you feel? I'm like, look, like, you know, about life sentences. I'm like, they shouldn't exist because life sentences make, you know, it dangerous for every everybody in the prison because you've got people there with no hope. They have no they have no reason to to do right. Um when you're talking about people who objectively, you know, they're in this situation because they need a reason to do right. Um, and it gives them no no reason to follow the rules or to, 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 to be a better person because they don't have any hope of leaving this place. And I said, Angola, you know, you're it's the new slave state. Like, you're up there, you know, literally... A it's a plantation. Yeah. You know, you're doing hard labor for the rest of your life. And that's not that's not an exaggeration for those of you who don't live in yeah. Louisiana. It is an act. It is an active plantation. Right. Like they grow cotton. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you can look up pictures of the most. Like it's called Angola, Angola as like a sick joke. Like yeah. That's the whole reason it's called Angola. It's yeah. A, it's a racist dog whistle. But um, you know, I'm thinking of that, and then I said, but here's the thing about it. That's not my concern right now. My concern is if if I get on the jury, 
Did they do it or did they not do it? If you get, I said, and I looked Jason Williams, right? Because he was asking this question. I, said, I looked him right in the eye. I said, with all your power and all your, all the power of the New Orleans DA office, I said, if you can't bring a case in front of me to where I don't have a reasonable doubt, then they have to go. I said, but I have no, I have no qualms about sending them to Angola if they did this. And then after that, I will, you know, become an activist to change Angola. But this is the thing collectively that we've all decided right now. Like that conversation needs to, you know, is the criminal justice system, our prison system, our for-profit prisons, you know, all this stuff that has to be sidebarred at this moment. And we can pick it back up later. I have to focus on this. I can't bring any of that. And they were like, oh, okay. And I know that's what put me, that's what got me on Mm -hmm. for sure. But I mean, it's fine, but it's true. Like that's the way I have to think about it. And I think why this hit me so hard, you know, between like, all the violence I've been a part of and seen throughout my life is that this one, there was no separation. Like it was, this was on me. Yeah. You know, and now, you know, the best thing that could have happened was if for me anyway, is if the state brings a case against these two and it's just like, this is all the evidence we have. This is ironclad evidence. Like they were, I'd be like, fine. Okay. Got them. But, like, you're bringing this in front of me? I'm like, no way. Yeah. And there was a woman on the jury. Like, she's well-meaning. She wasn't doing it. But she's like, that's not fair. Like, you haven't heard all the prosecution's evidence. Like, you can't come to I'm like, no. I'm like, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to walk in this room and be like, they're walking out of here today. And then the prosecution is supposed to change your mind. Yeah. I was like, this is not a fair process. Like, you're saying it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. It is skewed towards the defendant so like the scales are not bound like the scales start out it's where the meant, defendant has all the be. weight it's meant yeah to be it's skewed. meant to it's, be like i that. think in reality it's often not um but I, that's from what i understand these two defendants had private attorneys yeah. so they probably had um you know a better chance anyway but generally when you think about it and you know i'm biased i worked for the public defender's office that's where i did my field placement and you know you have this extremely well-funded DA's office that has, they have inspect inspectors. They have um, investigators, mm-hmm. inspectors. Uh, they have yeah. You've got the FBI involved now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. They like have, the FBI like, and New Orleans really, DA, really comfortable relationships with law enforcement. They have you know facilities that aren't broken down. And I don't know if if y'all know the history of of public defense here in, in Louisiana, but and specifically in New Orleans, before Katrina, it was they didn't have dedicated public defenders. They had they basically would just call in random defense attorneys. Um and they, they kind of had to do their time as a public defender. Um or not even defense attorneys, just other det- attorneys. So you might have a ter- an attorney that's not doesn't isn't used to doing criminal defense, number one. They might be like a tax attorney sometime else. Then you also have these attorneys who, even if they are criminal defendants, they're going to be coming up with these judges, against these judges for their paid their paid clients. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to want to do anything to, to rock the boat on that. And they didn't have dedicated, the, the, the public defender's office was technically inside the court. And so like you'd have multiple attorneys trying to use the same copy machine at the same time. Like it was just, it was wild for a city this big. One other thing too, we couldn't have, like we couldn't even have trials for a hot minute 
Because we didn't have enough public defenders, so it was unconstitutional? Yeah, because the because finally the attorneys in the city just said, this is unacceptable. Like, this is not... There was one attorney who got drafted to be a public defender, and he was like, I do not have the time to provide this person with their constitutionally guaranteed defense. I cannot... I mean, he was honest about it. He said, I cannot do this. Like, this cannot be. And so he refused to do it. And I think a bunch of other attorneys did as well. And then, so that's after Katrina, it got changed. We do have now have a dedicated public defender's office and some wonderful, wonderful attorneys who work there. Um, but it is not, it's not a cushy situation. Like, I don't know why <laughs> when I went in for my interview for my, my, um, to see if I was going to be working there for my field placement. Um, I, I had watched too many law shows and I, I was in the middle of watching the good wife specifically, which mm-hmm. was like, you know, it was about a cushy law firm in, in Chicago. And I remember walking into the offices and being like, oh, this is not the vibe I was anticipating. Because it's, you know, they all had, to, they were all sharing offices. Everyone was like crammed in there. I didn't have a real desk. It was just a, mm. a it was a card table, which not a big deal. But then like you contrast it with the DA's office and it's wild. And so, yeah, technically the way that the court is set up, the procedures, it should be beneficial to the defendant. But in reality, the way all of the um, resources get distributed, it's never. And, you know, especially if the the defendants are in jail. Yep. It's it's so hard. It's, you know, having both worked at the jail. I have to give credit, though, to the um, New Orleans judicial system. Uh, You know, keeping... No, I'm saying keeping up my into the bargain of like, I'm not going to look at this trial. I'm not going to, you know, as a juror, I'm not, I'm sequestering myself in my house. I'm not going to look at social media, stuff like that. Um, I had no idea they were already convicted. They didn't have, I didn't know. I, I mean, I knew the best I could say is they're, they're, they're going home, home. I'm sorry to use that word. That's like a sacred word in prison, but like they're going to, OJ, I knew they're going to OJC at night. Mm-hmm. They ain't making bail. Yeah. They're not on bail for this, but I had no idea they were already convicted. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Okay. I was like, good job. Because that's how you're supposed to run. You know, they were in street clothes every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed there was like a skirt around the table. I assumed they were maybe wearing a shock belt. They made, they might've had their, their leg shackled. Um, I never saw them move around. They never took the stand, but cause there was a skirt around. I assume that, but just like on the looks, I had no idea yeah. this, they had been convicted of this already. I just thought this was just, you know, a crime from 2018 that was just getting prosecuted. Yeah. Which is part for the course. Yeah. It's part for the course. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing just is upsetting. And so many levels. And that's why it's, I, I get so frustrated when, when people use the criminal justice system as like the arbiter of whether, you know, and, and I know we didn't really want to dwell into this um, just because, you know, it's, it's a really sad story. But um, the, you know, unfortunate death of um, Tyree mm-hmm. um, recently and, and people are saying, oh, what a good, good thing it is that the, the police are being prosecuted. And it's like, yes, on one level, because it does show that the state's taking it seriously. But ultimately... You know, the criminal justice system is not set up for justice. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not, it, it's not, if, if those police are, are these officers are um, convicted, it's not, that's not going to be some, like, major win for, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement or for really ending racism. Not to no, like, not at all. And yeah, I guess but I think it can be like going back to our like original um, 
like, I don't know, a theme, but my original thing of, like, we live in the best time in human history. Uh, after this trial, like, as traumatic as it was, like, I do have hope that, like, the, both the prosecution and the DA picked, I mean, both the, the, the prosecute, the state and the, um, the defense got together through this sea of, like, terrible people. Um, they got 12 people who are decent human beings. And could come to like a fair, yeah, you know. That is nice. I, I, it really, it really made me hopeful. So I, I really think our judicial system can work. I just think we just is what you always talk about. Like it's the multi generational lift. We need to go back. I feel like I'm one of the last generations that got decent education. Yeah. Like social studies, our social studies. Like yeah. I brought him up about the expo. Yeah, expo we're both. Pastor we thing. both. Um, My dad. Out of school before or. At least mostly out of school before no child left behind. Yeah, my dad set me down as a kid for just because he thought it was a good movie and I and made me watch Twelve Angry Men, and yeah, I we thought watched it, that in school too. I thought it was great. Yeah, like as a kid, I was a great movie. And the thing that I remembered going back, which gave me solace with that movie being on this being on this trial, was you never find out if the kid in that movie actually stabbed somebody and killed him because that's not the point. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What matters is the case was bad. Yeah. So like, and and they were able to come to that, you know, at the end of the day, and that's why I felt we were going to. So um, we're up against it. So we're gonna get out of here. That was very therapeutic. Thank you, New Orleans, for being my uh, talk therapy today. Yeah. And you know, again, you're listening to one two point three WHIV FM New Orleans. Good morning, comrade. We are signing off. Bye. Bye. For like complete and utter disaster, if you ask me. I mean, like if you're looking at, if you're essentially saying.